Welcome, one and all. Today is Saturday, February 4th, 2017, and this is episode 54 of the Hillcrest Duo. I am Brad Risto. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Outsider Brad. I'm joined by my esteemed co-host. He is Metal John. And I'm not steaming. I don't know what that was about. It was steamed. Esteemed. It means of note. Can I have that in a sentence, please? <laughs> My esteemed colleague, Metal John. All right. I'm on Twitter at Metal John Radio. This is indeed episode 54 of the Hillcrest Duel. We have a lot coming your way today. We're going to talk about Supergirl. We're going to talk about The Flash. We're also going to get into a bit of Gotham. But you want to try and um, uh, sell me on a movie real quick, don't you? Oh, by far, probably the best movie I've seen in weeks. Of 2017. And, of course, the best movie of 2017. Going to be a hard one to top for a while, I think. It's a movie called Split. The new M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong. Everyone does that with his name, don't they? Yes. You just can't stop it. It just You see it coming from left field, you're like, it's Shyamalama. M. Night Shyamalan? Shyamalan, there you go. You yeah, got it. I got it. M. Night. M. Night. My man, M. Night. Night. Anyways, uh, he, he really hasn't done a good movie probably since what? Uh, Unbreakable. Unbreakable, The Sixth Sense. Well, Unbreakable was after, so I'm going to go Unbreakable. Okay. Did you love Unbreakable? I liked Unbreakable, and every time I hear rumors about Unbreakable 2, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so so Split is his new movie, psychological thriller, written and directed by M. Night, uh, starring James McAvoy, as we know him as Professor X mm-hmm. from the, all the X-Men movies. He's got like 22 different personalities. He kidnaps three teenage girls, and they get to meet a lot of his personalities. Um, just like your typical M. Night movie, you're kind of waiting for a twist. You're waiting for something to happen. What a twist. Uh, um, and I, I've got a lot of thoughts on this movie because – and I'm going to spoil. Um, just because coming. Just because Brad has no interest in seeing this movie, nope. I have to spoil it. And people that have seen the movie will know why I'm going to spoil it, and 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 it's it's, it's got to be a respectful spoil. Wait, wait, wait! Can I make a quick guess? It go. was all a dream. No. Okay. Just had to. I wanted to go with the um, most obvious choice. It was all a dream. Uh, no, Brad. I got one better for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an unbreakable sequel. Really? Wow. So I'm guessing Bruce Willis comes to save the day. Doesn't come to save the day, um. but uh, basically the movie plays out um, with the split personalities. See, the split personalities are teasing that something is coming, mm-hmm. and what this something is, Brad. And again, full spoilers: the something that is coming is basically his personalities are 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 about to resurrect. I guess a creature. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, he's going to become a monster, and he's going to go after these three girls, and that's why they kidnap these girls, is because this is basically going to be his prey. Well, right. at the end of the movie, this creature gets away, and there's a news report going on at the end of the movie where the news reporter's like, oh, the three girls were, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, he, well, they're like, you know, so uh, we're looking for this guy who's on the run, and this is, you know, blah, 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 and he's dangerous, and... And, you know, he cameralized, you know, these girls. And so they're going through the news report. You know, I'm not 
quoting word for word, but you know, just giving I you the idea. Base, and then it cuts into like a, a diner, and a couple of ladies are sitting at the diner watching their news report, and they're like, "Wow, this is a strange story." And she's like, "Yeah, kind of reminds me of that story from like ten years ago about the guy in a wheelchair. What was that guy's name?" And Bruce Willis leans over and goes, "That was Mr. Glass." <laughs> Credits. Boom. Well, oh, uh, oh. Well, I guess that sounds interesting and. I had met, made mention not even knowing about a um, Unbreakable sequel, so this could be um, very intriguing to me. But now I hate to call it an Unbreakable sequel. Well, it's not a sequel, but because it's, it's setting up a it, sequel. Yeah, well, not only that, but it's taking place obviously in the same universe. Yes. It's taking place ten years after Unbreakable. <laughs> And breakable expanded universe. Yeah, and <laughs> and obviously this creature thing is, you know, more than just a human being, right. and you see that in the movie as things play out. But I was just like, wow, that's awesome! And what was even cooler about that is after the movie was over with, uh, this guy and his daughter. We're like, man, I, why was Bruce Willis in the movie? I don't get it. And I was like, you don't get it. That was unbreakable. And then, so you got to so so a lot of people security and had you thrown out because you just started yelling at some random stranger. Yeah, no, but uh, I, I had to go back and rewatch Unbreakable because I hadn't seen that movie in probably ten years since the movie came Such out. Such a good movie. It is a good movie, and that's what makes this really good because it it it, it, it goes right to Unbreakable, which was one of his. Best movies, his yeah. best movie probably since, <laughs> you know, Unbreakable. And the fact that he's, you know, tying into it. And he said in interviews recently, because people are starting, obviously, to ask, you know. Uh, so are you, And he's always said that he's not much of a sequel guy. He goes, like, I don't know if I'll ever do another movie continuing after this. Like, we don't know if we're going to get another Unbreakable. He's got to write it. He's got to come up with it, you know. Right. And, and if he doesn't feel like he's got good enough material... He's not going to do it, right? Which is awesome. I'm glad he at least comes out and admits that. Oh yeah. But as far as this movie goes, though, outside of it just tying to basic, basically taking place in the same universe as Unbreakable, outside of that, man, James McAvoy was unbelievable in this movie. Like going through the different characters, right. just it was a very intense, like psychological thriller. Um, I hate that I spoiled it for you. Well, I'm but gonna... but you know what those. You opened up this podcast even talking about how that was his last, last really good movie. And I, I think there's a lot of... Anyway. And I, I think a lot of people would have not even known that this was tied to Unbreakable without somebody spoiling it for him. You I would have looked at the Wikipedia article anyway, so don't worry about it too much. Um, as we move on from Split, uh, I suppose we should jump into the, our favorite television series, as most of them have returned, although one's back in hiatus again, back on... A winter hiatus, and we'll go into that one first, and that's Gotham. Yeah, the villains, and uh, I, I actually, am, I'm starting to really, really enjoy these last few episodes. Um, Cameron, who's playing uh, Jerome slash the Joker, I'm loving him in the show. I think he's probably one of the Proto best parts Joker. of the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm loving how they're really playing off of the whole chaotic thing. You know, how he's got his disciples, his, you know, his followers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just loving how this show is focusing so much on the villains and the corruption and the bad guys and not so much of Bruce Wayne going through his father's history and paperwork, right. you know? You see, while this was a very enjoyable run, this um, run also kind of um, uh, encapsulates the issues that I probably foresaw with the show when it first came out. 
And that's trying to keep what it originally was, which, quite frankly, was a procedural crime noir series set in early Batman universe. And now it's becoming a lot more fantastical and weird and focusing less on, obviously, the crime procedure and more on the oddities of Gotham. And it's a hard line to toe. And for me, at the very least, while this was enjoyable, they are losing what brought me to the show originally. I I can see that. Because when the show and the concept of the show first came out, my take on it was, oh, this is going to be a young, this is going to be a detective show yeah. about a young and upcoming detective named Jim Gordon. And I thought that was a great idea. I loved it. Because I love procedural crime series. I love Law and Order. Yeah. And then um, I think, chung, the, chung. and I think that that's what they were, I mean, when you look at the first season, that's a lot of what they did. Yeah. But then they introduced a lot of Batman Universe characters. And, and you're like, wow, we got an early, we, we, we see a young Selena Kyle, young, you know, Bruce Wayne. Young Harvey Dent. Young yeah. this. Young that. Yeah, we start, we start, and I, I agree that I felt like maybe we met too many of those characters. And, and I think what happened is that the audience are more or less drawn to the fact that this is basically a young Batman show. Yes, and you know and, what? And, and, and so the writers kind of have to go to the drawing board and say, you know what, the fans are loving all of the Batman stuff. we got to put the focus on that and not put the focus on young detectives solving crime in Gotham City. Right, which is why I say go for broke. Screw it. You, when you do your um, uh, next season um, uh, ender, you do another um, uh, jump forward, just have young Batman, because at that, this point, that's pretty much what all you have really left to do with is just come back, have Batman being Batman, maybe even just in the background. You don't see him, but have him be there. Or, yeah, or you have uh, young Bruce preparing to go train. Yeah. You know, you kind of you can get into some of that, because we already saw at the end of this uh, you know, winter finale. Winter run, the three episodes they did. We saw at the end, you know, the promo where we get the reveal of the Riddler. Mm-hmm. He's in the green suit and everything. The question marks are starting to be spray painted around, and it's like, okay, so now you've just introduced the Riddler. Yeah, I don't. Think I mean, this is so. This is the first villain you're introducing him by his villain name. Yes, you, I don't think you have a choice anymore. I think you pretty much just have to have... Yeah, because what, is the Riddler going to run around Gotham uncaptured, unharmed yeah. for 12 more years while Bruce Wayne becomes Batman? I think you pretty much have to have him be proto-Batman. Yeah, he just runs around um, like in um, uh, the Civil War movie in a pre-awesome um, Batman suit and all sorts of other things. I realize this wasn't your intention when you first had this series conceptualized, but you did it. I mean, there was another show that premiered this week on NBC, which was Powerless, another uh, show that has a similar idea, uh, obviously a work situation comedy, but you're in an insurance agency set in the DC universe. I loved that idea. I thought it was a fairly funny show. It needs uh, some work as it gets its legs, but still, great concept. And I'm hoping that they don't run into the same problem. And I think we're going to see more shows like that. I think we're going to see a lot more shows that are going to say, you know what, we don't want to make another Flash. We don't want to make another Arrow series. Let's make a series that's set in that universe but about different, like something different. Like right. you said, you like know, insurance like salesmen, you know, having to deal with all mm-hmm. the claims, you know, because of what superheroes have done to their city. You know what? In all these, here's a pitch for you in all these series that you talk about them being at the news agency, so you have it set at the newspaper in one of these universes and you focus on the staff. It yeah. doesn't even have to be the Daily Bugle, obviously. 
It could be the Daily Bugle's competition. Daily, Daily Bugle, Daily Planet, sorry. Go to, yes, it could be the competition to the Daily Planet. Yeah. I think the Times. Yes. <laughs> the Metropolis <laughs> Times. <laughs> these are great. These are, I think we will see more of it. The Gotham Red Eye. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great idea, but the way Gotham is going, I think you pretty much have to cash in on Batman either next year or the year after that, or you're probably done. Yeah, because we all know Fox doesn't have a history of a lot of long-running shows. Sorry, Simpsons, no offense. I mean, but all all your other shows, you know, um, just don't have a history of lasting. Even the really good ones, like Prison Break, you know? Well, Prison Break, I I, I disagree with you, because remember, that was meant to be a mini-series that they expanded into a regular series. Yeah, that's true. And what was the James Cameron's one with, uh, what's her name? Dark Angel or something, right? Oh, yeah. And don't forget Dollhouse. Oh, Dollhouse, yeah. Dollhouse and Serenity. Yeah. See, they Fox is just... I oh, mean, and not. I don't think Gotham should be a long-running series. But, um, like you said, they could jumpstart it and introduce Batman. But I'm saying you're going to have to end the show with introducing Batman. You see, like, I you don't want... I don't want... Season. I don't want a whole season of, oh, here's a young Batman. Right. You know, terrorizing... You know, I, it's, I, I would probably like it. But at the same time, I feel like that wasn't Gotham's intentions, and I don't want them to do a really piss-poor bad job at it. I would rather them, you know, put together a really good show. I, would, I wouldn't mind also seeing them, like, kind of taking a break a little bit. Like, I understand now you're going to introduce the Riddler. So introduce him, let him get arrested, put him in Arkham, and then develop a new storyline with another original character yes. that, you know, and focus more on the corruption of the police yes. force. Focus more on Jim Gordon Get and back to what your main focus was. This yeah. tangent of with all of the, I mean, we can have these other distractions, yeah. but you have got to try your best to table them and push them aside for a refocus. little bit. I completely agree. I mean, like I, I mean, said, I did love how chaotic these last three oh, yeah. episodes these, were. I, mean, I did love it. Jerome was really fun. It just to me didn't oh, speak to what man. the series originally know, was. That scene at the amusement park. Oh, probably one of the best. Like it was great. Fifteen minutes of Gotham. But yeah, you don't, you can't just do that every single episode. It's complete. It was this whole Jerome thing. Just to me, feels like it was sort of tacked on as complete fan service. Like characters really love this Jerome character. So what we're gonna do is. We're and here's the question: Do you think it? Do you think the plans for him were were, were laid out all along? No, I do not. I think because when we talk, we've said it even on this podcast before we introduced her, we're like, oh, they're introducing a young Joker. How's this gonna play out? And then they killed him, and I was like, oh, he was. A young Joker that's going to inspire the real Joker yes. down the line. Fantastic, brilliant idea. But I think too many fans bought, in. bought in on him. And so you kind of forced them to say, we got to bring him back. Yes. And I think you're exactly right. And I think they're like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a three-episode miniseries in the winter and then go back, let them get their Jerome fix, and then we're going to go back to telling the real story. And I think that's all this was. It's just... It's my two cents, but take it for what it is. As we move on from Gotham, and they're, ex- quite frankly, excellent um, three-episode run, and move on to other shows that premiered, and we'll start off with its Monday night competitor, Supergirl. Yeah, Supergirl um, on CW. I'll be honest with you, Brad. I'm, I'm just really getting kind of bored with the show. 
Yeah, it's becoming a little too relationshipy again. Uh, yeah, the relationshipy thing is, is starting to bother Between me. Monel and um, uh, Supergirl is getting a little tiresome. And, and you know, the sh- what really got me into the show was sort of that. I mean, I hate to use the term, but it was basically what it, it is. What it is was the alien of the week. Yeah, you know, they kind of lost that where you don't really have that anymore. Well, even worse. And we're gonna. I'm gonna talk about this with Flash coming up in a couple minutes. Is I don't know what their goal is right now. Remember, they're supposed to be taking on that evil organization from the first half of season one, and these first few episodes of season two, they haven't been mentioned. Not at all. It's just been story of the week, story of the week, story of the week. There is no greater overarching theme, no greater overarching story that I can discern right now. Yeah, I mean in. I think this show is focusing too much on on Kara's relationship with her sister, and and then her sister's relationship with other girls. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's, I want more. I want more Supergirl and less yeah. character development. Is it's what I'm a, saying. Right now, it is a muddled mess, and they need to streamline a bit. I mean, there are great stories hidden in there. I mean, the first episode that was premiered for the new season that was directed by Kevin Smith. It had a fun story when you got to the latter half as they were battling on a different planet. But it's hidden amongst way too much minutia. Yeah, maybe with the show, here's what I would do. I mean, of course, we don't have any insight into what's coming up in upcoming right. episodes. But here's what the show needs. It needs a shocking moment. Yes. Maybe one of the major characters dies. Yes. Maybe... Um, something really bad happens to a major character. It needs, and it's got to come out of nowhere, unexpected. Oh crap! That just happened. That just happened. You know, you got to give us, you got to give us that, you got to give us that to like really reel in the audience again. Um, Because if not, man, I, I, I kind of fear that this show might not last very long if they keep going at the pace that they have already in these few, in these first two or three episodes. Way, way too much plotting along. It's they almost like it's it. a lot of fill. Just, oh, we're yeah. filling this. They we talk about that a lot with The Walking Dead, how a lot of episodes with The Walking Dead seem like they're just filler episodes. Yes. Well, we just want to expand on this character. We just want to, for no reason at all. We're going to expand on this character, and then we're going to kill him in, in the next episode. But with The Walking Dead, they have the benefit of being on cable and being able to afford to do that. This is on, ostensibly, network television. Yep. And they just can't afford to do that much character development. I'm sorry. You need Speaking. to start um, working on a tangible goal. Oh, Mocking Dead's coming back, too, I just yes. remembered. Anyways. But speaking of a tangible goal, that brings us to The Flash, which I think, with the start of this um, uh, latter half of the season, has found its legs because yep. there's the tangible goal of saving Iris. And that is what it did. it Because the first half of the season, there was no real tangible goal besides, like, you know, we want to find out who alchemy is and what the Savitar is. They were There were goals, but they were more abstract. And this one... We know that this is going to happen. We know the events that lead up to it. We need to prevent it. It is a tangible goal that they can do, and they have been knocking out of the park with these past few episodes. I agree. And they've also, what I do like about it, too, is that there's always that possibility that, yes, we're going to fix this to prevent that, but once you fix this, another door pops yes. open, and you've got to go jump on that. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you this. Yeah. Is Iris going to die this season? You know, she might. And one thing, I wouldn't put it back. If they wanted to be really shocking, they could kill Barry off because 
I don't know whether you know anything about the comic books, but Wally West eventually does become the Flash. See? So maybe they're tired of Grant and Gustin, they're going to go with um, a a different Flash. But no, I mean, I think she can... That's the thing. I don't know if they'll be able to save her. I mean, I'm assuming... I, I, I would... I almost am kind I'm of... assuming, but I've been wrong before. I would like to see them kill her because I I kind of like that whole idea of you can rewrite a little bit of the future, but just like in, uh, you know... All sorts of other... Um, uh, but what's meant to be is going to be, like, she will die. Maybe she won't die in that exact... Instance? spot at that exact moment or that person's not going to kill her but because you stopped that she now did this instead and got into a car accident and died like yeah the old thing from doctor who it's a set point in history yeah exactly like you are going to die at this age and it's going to happen this way and if you're going to rewrite history all you're going to do is just change not so much circumstances exactly you're not going to change the end result you're going to change the circumstances and I, I mean, I, I kind of hope they do that. They have the temerity and the guts to do that. I just don't think they do. And I would love to see it come random. Like, you know, she's going home from work and gets hit by a drunk driver. Well, if you think about it, she wouldn't have been in the car hit by the drunk driver. She was with, you know, Barry uh, at this particular moment where she was supposed to be. But she's not there because Barry messed up the future. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then now she's in a car with the car accident. Like, right. I'm just waiting for something like, I think that something like that would be a cool way to well, end her. Some of the things I do like is obviously Julian being on Team Flash now. Yeah. Him, his um, a little bit of um, jaded sarcasm is a, a wonderful thing to have. I'd like um, uh, Cisco starting to expand on his powers as he just beat another Viber. And, and, and of course, Killer Frost. Killer Frost. I, I, I'm waiting to see if she's actually going to turn evil, if she is going to turn she against She does have a slightly different power set than in the comic books, because in the comic books she is obviously a heat vampire and needs to take heat from people to stay alive. And in this one, it just makes her randomly evil for no reason. Yeah, Go I'm figure. just I'm just wondering if that's going to break out and she is actually going to become a villain. Well, I, I wouldn't we'll mind see. seeing that storyline. I wouldn't mind seeing that, and we can see if the end result of that is her getting to become a hero, because actually going on in DC Comics right now is um, Killer Frost joining the Justice League. Oh. So, you know, Ooh, what um, if, here's an what idea. if she could learn to use her powers. What if, Or what if Killer Frost becomes, you know, uh, you know un- buried by the anger again, and she ends up killing Iris. Maybe. Oh. Ooh. It just blew my mind. Boom. Boom. Just, a, just, a positive, just some things to think about. That's what we do here on the Hillcrest Duo. We give you things to think about. But yeah. and, and as we wrap this up, Brad. Yes, because like, once again, the writing on The Flash, now that they have the goal of saving Iris, has just completely um, uh, been a game changer. Yeah. A couple of other quick hits I wanted to get to. Uh, it is Super Bowl weekend. And uh, I've seen some photos. I don't know if you saw, but apparently our friends from Stranger Things will be making an appearance during the commercial breaks of the Super Bowl. There was a tweet sent out from Stranger Things that showed um, a Friday weather, Saturday weather in Houston, and Sunday weather with thunderstorms. 
and all sorts of other thumb destructive looking things. Yeah, and there's a photo that Entertainment Weekly posted of the kids wearing Ghostbuster outfits. Yeah. Like as a Halloween theme. So rumors are that I that is a costume like that, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, the show is set in the 80s. I know. So it's perfect that they would be dressed up like Ghostbusters. By the way, if I ever win the lottery, first thing I buy, I go on eBay and I buy one of the $5,000 um, actual prop. Um, uh, remakes of the Proton Pack. Nice. First thing. Well, I'm hearing that Super Bowl, one of the commercials is going to be a Stranger Things preview for season nice. two. That's where this is all coming from. So I got my fingers crossed. I hope we get to see that. If so, we'll definitely be talking about that next week. Uh, another quick thing I want to talk to you about. This was kind of big news and sort of like whipped around the radar because so many other things going on. But Ben Affleck dropping out as director of the solo Batman movie. Bummer. So, here's a question for you, Brad. I know I haven't given you any time to really think about it. I've got one or two ideas, but I want to see what your idea is. Who should direct the Ben Affleck movie? Let's say Ben Affleck continues to write it, which it sounds like he's going to write it. He's going to star in it. That's good. He's going to write. He's going to star in it. He's just not going to direct it. because. and And I like his reasoning for not directing it because he just, it's just too much. Right. It's like you've you got to stay in character, but mm-hmm. you also got to direct everything, and you got to work on the script. It is very overwhelming for one no guy to do it all. I have popping into my head. So. And ben, ben Affleck wants it to be perfect, too. Oh, yeah. He, so there's a couple. I it's mean, It's a labor of love for him being Batman. There's no doubt about that, because he was a comic book fan, and he wants Batman to be good still. The obvious is just to give it to Zack Snyder. That's the obvious one, but so many but people I feel are like down I, on yeah, him. Yeah, but I feel like you almost have to go outside of it. You, know? you do, because you, the people are going to want someone else. Give them someone else. So give me your name. I, man, <laughs> you're gonna, you might laugh at me about this one. I'm probably going to. I always do. You ready? Yeah. Kevin Smith. You know what? Some people tweeted at him on that one. I knew you were going to bring that up. The problem is, apparently he's never talked, hasn't talked to Ben in years, and two, it's just, not in it for him right now. Yeah, I mean, again, I could understand all of the reasons why you would say no. First of all, he makes nothing but stoner comedies. Yes. That's all he makes. That make $30 million. Yeah, he makes stoner comedies. Um, you know, he hasn't worked with Affleck in a long time. He hasn't, As far as we know, he hasn't talked to Affleck in a long time. He even makes comments on his own podcast that he doesn't think Affleck even would know who he is anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, who is that guy? But... I just look at it as man, I, I I only I only envision this because I look at it as well. They have history together. They've worked together. I was like, if anybody in the world knows how much of a fan of Batman Kevin Smith is, it's Ben Affleck. He knows that that's like Kevin Smith. And I look at it as here's my scenario. Affleck calls Kevin Smith and says, "Look, man, I'm writing the movie. I'm starring in the movie. I need help directing. I'm not saying." You're the man. It, you'd call all the shots. But let's work on it together. You know, that's I, what I want to see. So that's what I, I think would be. I mean, and, and also too, where if if Affleck is still writing the movie, Kevin can help him out with it because Kevin knows Batman stuff inside and out on oh, top of his head. Yes. And and I'm just thinking that if those two collaborate together, not only in the, on the director's side, but maybe on the writing side a little bit. This might be a Batman movie for Batman fans, you know? That is that's, a- that's just me thinking, and yeah, I got the idea from other people talking about it on Twitter. I probably would have thought of it myself as well. But when I think about other options, I'm like, well, Christopher Nolan will never do another Batman movie. Um, another option I'll throw out there, ask Tim Burton to do another one. 
Why not? You know why? Because, and here's my thought process behind that, is Tim Burton is very gothic-like, and they're going the graphic novel ways with Batman. Right. They're kind of following that Frank Miller graphic novel stuff, so why not go with a guy who kind of knows that setting, and that's Tim Burton. He's into that gothic-type stuff. However, you do have to... Yeah, not give Tim Burton full reins to basically no, create and rewrite everything. You gotta, you gotta say, all right, Tim, here's the script. Here's what we envision as far as the the setting. Obviously, you've seen Man of Steel. You've seen Batman versus Superman. We're staying in that same universe. Help us make the movie. I think if you did that, Tim Burton probably could be a good fit. But I mean, other than that, I, I don't have any other names. I can't think of anybody no, that that no. would. That would do it and do a good job. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, David Ayer's another option. Um, you know, he... Try and steal the Russo brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. But um, you know what? We'll have to leave it there. Obviously, the name will be announced eventually. We'll leave it there for now. I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 54 of the Hillcrest Duo, recorded in Crest Hill, Illinois, today.